wake and bake with the boys Pull out some weed and get high Dude smoking on the phone while Scotty's talking Way too long, got time to smoke one more Taking the message to the people now Keep smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down What up with the grow talk? Yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, let's do it, man. Got an executive producer today, Aquaponics George. <laughs> nice. Aquaponics Steve. Nice. Uh, gonna hang hang out on. I think it's growing with fishies. Yeah, that's right. Growing with fishies, man. Uh, next Thursday, I believe. So stay tuned. I'll give you guys a little update uh, on uh, doing another show and hanging out. Appreciate it, Aquaponics yeah, Steve. Cool. I'm looking here, man, sitting down. Uh, who's we'll, we'll hold off for what's going on in my grow. First, we can see who's growing some dank here. Come on, let's see it, man. Let's see it. This is 207 Canner Reviews, hashtag Dude Grow Show. Mm. And this is a trite outlook. And mm, his description here is the best. Let me get into it. He goes, did a little pre-flush with just Sea Green and SLF 100. And he goes, getting ready for her. Flush the final one on the good home stretch. This fino is a keeper with a nice mix of <laughs> here we go, a nice mix of greasy cookie dough, burnt rubber, and shit in the best way possible. Seriously, <laughs> okay. Buds are dense, greasy, and sticky, and she's stacked up nice and tight. All right. Is he suggesting it's got the smell of shit in a good way? Seriously, remember that strain that was just called shit. <laughs> You used to always say, oh, that good cat piss, man. It, that cat piss, that, yeah, definitely. That's that, like, that Alaska, Matnushka Thunderfuck has that cat piss kind of terpene to it. Yes. Uh, cat piss terpenes. Definitely. I'm not crazy on that one. All right. This is another one here from Red House Grows. Uh, it says, uh, this is a diesel autoflower feminized 66 days from seed. And I just, this plant. It looks pretty damn good to me, man. So I just wanted to nice pull this one, plant, and we got a yeah. whole. What's that? It's a, just a nice size plant for an auto. Actually, I can't tell. Yeah, I like the size is. of it. Um, I like what you're seeing in 66 days. When I told my pops, I'm like, we're, we're going to get you some auto seed, and probably about hopefully 80 days, you'll have smokable flower. And he's like, what? Like he just thought it was way longer. He's like, okay. So. Pretty good stuff, man. I like that red house grows. Yeah, I just no like that you don't have to fuck autos. with the photo period, meaning that you can have some, you know, plants in various stages of growth. You know, it's kind of neat without having two different places. You used to always have to have two rooms, a veg and a flower, and it was a pain in the ass. Two different ventilation systems, two different fans, all that stuff. Lights. Not a pain in the ass. Arse. Just depends. Can it was be yeah. Double the work. You know, you had to have It was one of the best things of I ever did to my room. My first because you know, the cleaner the room is, the more I like it is when I got rid of air-cooled lights. I was like, oh, look at it. There's no ducting in here. Mm -hmm. There's no can fan at my head level. It's quiet as hell. Like, it was it was nice. It was I agree. Nice. I agree. And less, more, more, less of a security risk. So, all right. What's up with running 240, man? 240 volt here in the U.S. of A. When we're talking about that. Oh, shit. Before we get into that, man, I, I'm jumping the gun on who's who grow talk is brought to you by today which is hortilux um i've talked about their new equipment out they have uh, led for veg 
went through a lot of different trials, plant trials, plant specific trials to some people in the industry that didn't work for Hortoworks. Like, no, they really did some some good trials with that light, uh, which is with all the shit they do. They got their new 315, um, the ceramic HPS. But today I wanted to talk about if you guys are running 315s out there, Hortolux makes lighting for growers. Uh, so uh, whatever equipment you're running, I do feel you're going to do the best with the Hortolux bulb, whether it's the old HPSs back in the old shows. You say, look, you want a win-win chicken dinner, trade out your Hortolux HPS every six months. You're going to get a top-notch harvest. Captain back in the day, well-respected DGC grower, always pushing Hortolux bulbs. And this is their 315 with UV. And it was just a reminder to growers that were replacing their 315s. Not all 315s are going to have UV if they're not designed for horticulture. There's a lot of 315s just going out that were designed for like warehouse lighting. Yeah, 315, it was a a great warehouse light that people started using and adapting over to to cannabis. So if you want to make sure, and I I don't keep up with the 315 lighting market, but Hortolux does have a 315 with UV, which some UV in there is going to help. That's also what they have, which I mix in uh, my T5s. The Power Veg T5 has UV. And you see, when you add UV, you see differences in plant growth that are beneficial. So uh, just want to remind people to check out their bulbs too, man, not just their fixtures. If you're running that old equipment, that old HID equipment out there, they still got the best bulbs around. Agreed, man, agreed. You better agree. (laughs) All right, that being said, I can get into grow talk here, man. So let's talk about power. Yes. Nematode OG. I'll let you answer this. He goes, What are why are a lot of people using 240 volt for the lighting system? And it's 220 here in Colorado, I believe. Um, whether HID or LED, is there a hidden benefit? See a lot of people sell <laughs> lights in Cali at 240. I mean, basically it's like you pay for half the power, right? No. no. <laughs> um, what is it though? Explain it. It's, it's, there's advantages for sure. All right. So I'll I'll explain, Guru. You're welcome to get technical. I'll be real practical about it. If I go buy a thousand watt light. It's pulling um, basically about nine and a half amps of power out of one, basically one wire. So if I have 120 volts, it's going back to the circuit breaker and it's pulling all that nine and a half amps out of one wire. And, and that's just inherently how a 110 line works. Is right. It's a single 110 line with a negative and a neutral. Right. Or ground. Okay. So, um, so now if we go to, you know, I'll compare that now. If I flip that to run at 220, now what we're doing is we're running two hots and a ground. So we split that in half. We split that nine and a half amps in half and we run that across two wires. So it's what, about 4.7 amps out of each wire. Yep. So, I mean, if you feel a wire with nine and a half amps running through it, it's fucking hot. Like man. general general houses wiring is designed to have like a peak load of what, like 11? Yeah, so you're running it close to peak and you'll see that's when you go and look and you burnt the outlet out. You'll see like- Oh, dude, yeah, I had extension burnt. cords running through a crawl, crawl space yep. that I never put- I was going to say you ever had them fused together. Mm-hmm, sure. And it's These dangerous. Were like That's how fires looking. start. Bad. Because you're running this car at a fucking 130 miles an hour all the well, time. And, and then max even 150, a, another you know? added benefit of that is the uh, efficiency of your ballast or your driver if you're using LEDs. Yep. Uh, it's like an extra 5 or 6% efficient on that where those are usually drawing 50 or 60 watts. It's drawing 5 or 10 watts less than that. It's the same thing. You're either running the car really fast or you're running two cars, you know, at 55 miles an hour. Well, and when I was working retail and you're, you know, selling systems for lighters to people and all this, and then they come back and they'd be like, man, I I keep blowing fuses or they're a renter. Mm -hmm. They're not a homeowner. It's like your first thing you need to do is get this equipment to run on 240 
um, and get a 240 hookup to lighting controller because then you can use your current 15 amp breakers. Yeah. Because like you said, Scotty, all your ballasts pull half the amperage. You still pay the same for power, but they pull half the amperage. And and I'm not advising anyone to go fucking with their electric themselves because <laughs> I definitely shocked the shit out of myself. I don't know how I'm still alive with some of the dumb shit I've done with electricity. Um, so it really does. It is good to have a, a cool electrician. Um, but I will say that I, I like a dryer. A dryer is usually like a 50 amp. It's a double 50 amp. So a dryer is like a 200. 120 uh, volt 50 amp uh, uh, circuit breaker. So that's a great one. You could run like a, I don't know, a four or six lighter off something like that, I would think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's yeah, a great so, way to just use power and take off your girlfriend or wife, potentially, if they're <laughs> the ones that do the laundry. Yeah, just go to the laundromat. You'll be fine. All right, moving on to John Robb. He goes transitioning to LED from HPS. Okay. Hey, real quick, just to sum up that last one. Yeah. It's the same amount of power, very similar amount of power. You're just spreading it across two lines instead of one. So it's a lot less stress on those lines. So think about that. They're not they're not that big inside your wall. So don't stress them out, man. You know, I have four and a half amps going through all day long instead of nine and a half amps going for about six six months till the wire breaks. Yes. Say, bottom line with that safety too. You'll be safer, mm, literally. Yeah, definitely. Electrically safer. Fires. Transitioning to LED from HPS from John Robb. Nice. Hey crew, so I bought four QB304 quantum boards, two at two times 2700 Kelvin and two times 3500K and two HLG 240HC 200B drivers. You got it? He went for the 200B, huh? Mm. All from Rapid LED. Nice. Coupon code dude over there. According to HLG, I should be getting 500 watts of LED light. I am going to use this to replace my single N 1,000-watt light in a 4x4 space. Yep. I think that's what I have, essentially. I've got a, what is it, the HLG 550 is what I have, but it's the four quantum boards, right? Yes. You're asking me? It's your light. Yeah, it's, You're looking at is. Guru. And Guru's busy, all right, man. Yes, or I'm it, behind a screen. I it, couldn't it, see it, you. It, it, is, it is four quantum boards that I have. So I have a very similar light, and it is touted as the 1,000-watt replacement. Yes. He goes, he, I just ordered lights and have plants that are about ready to flip. What would be the best way to switch the lighting? So he's saying switch, the, switch to HPS 1212 now with his plants ready to flip or wait for the LED to flip or... I choose the Kelvin numbers based on listening to Guru talk. Hope I did okay. Did he do okay with his Kelvin numbers there, he Guru? He did great with his yeah. Kelvins. And as <laughs> 3,000, for, for whatever it takes. For this transition, I would recommend just wait on your LED to get here and then switch to the LED and then probably wait another four or five days or a week and then, flip. then, then flip to flower. If you think that whole process, which is just explained, will take up to two weeks and you need to, and it's applicable, you could give your plants a topping too. Yep. I mean, if your lights are going to get there, then you get the LEDs over and veg just a little and then take the flower, feel free to top the ladies back. It's true. Let, we let the new tops grow in with the LED light. Might be pretty cool. There, It might be very cool. Yeah. I like where you're going, dude. All right. Let's see here. What do we got over on YouTube, man? We'll take a YouTube comment here from Stabby McStabwood. Yeah. This guy makes he a says, lot of I, sense with that name, believe it or not, man. I throw insect frass right into some worm castings in a mesh bag and feed a compost tea a couple times a week. So I guess he's saying he's just doing mesh bag, like a you know a nylon sock or whatever mm-hmm. with worm and nylon a worm and worm, geez, nylon. I was just gonna say nylon castings. You can save me. I think this mystery weed's messing it up. 
Insect frost worm casting tea. So he's putting it in a bag and brewing it kind of with a bubbler or something. Yeah, that makes sense because the frass is just, what is it? It's like the, the exoskeleton of the insects that has all the bacteria and fungi on it. I think that shit's cool, man. You guys, we had an episode. Somebody should find it with Gary was with with uh, the company on frass. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he still is, but it was an interesting how he described basically. Yeah, it's a controlled environment. They feed them controlled food, all these bugs, beetles or I forget what specific they are. And we get all their deuce for gardening as a a nice NPK. I don't think I thought it was their exoskeletons. It was their poop. Mm. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they get it from carnivorous bugs that eat other bugs so they're, okay. they're eating other bugs exoskeleton so yeah it is in their poop but it's been processed by their stomachs too interesting and you get beneficials so i really dig it i don't tee it i i just do a top dress with it um and good good tips stabby mcstab but i'm all for using stuff that nature created in a sustainable way i'd love to go to where this happens actually and see like all these i don't know it'd be an interesting little tour you know maybe on a little mushrooms tell me how it smells and it smells fine. It's just insect poop, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Let's take a break here. We'll be right back with more Grow Talk. And check it all out, dude. Gross. Thanks for getting your grower questions up, guys. Working through them and love to hear them. Absolutely. I say we roll it up. Pass it on down the line. I say we roll it up. Pass it on down the line. I was a
plants that struggle to root cuttings after a while. After a while. Let's get into it from Elka. To root cuttings. After I believe it. a while. Elka sent in that killer video, man, of the homestead and yeah. the hound and chickens and all kinds of good tips and tricks out there. Living so I appreciate it. Little, it's like little, little house on, on the Elka. I don't know. I mean, Scotty were joking, like, I'm, I'm off today because I don't know what <laughs> cannabis I'm smoking and it's messing with me. And I don't know what you got going on. Uh, we're both a little slow today, man. We're both, man, I tell you with that leg, I do not sleep well, man. I woke up probably 3.30 in the morning, 7, you know, you just don't sleep really well when you live yeah. in pain, man. It's tough, man. So guess you, guess you, <laughs> it will definitely get you thinking about what a good night's sleep is worth. All right, well, here it goes. I have a grow question for Guru and a beer question for Dude. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Deal. But first, thanks to all of your shows. I describe it like the Farmer's Almanac describes itself. Useful with a pleasant degree of humor. All right. Okay. I like that. All right. It says Guru, because he's going to Guru. Well, I guess he's automatically just assuming he knows more. I need a scientific, there we go, scientific explanation for why some plants stop rooting cuts after a while. I take them from seemingly healthy plants. My normal procedure is taking them from young tips. But when I've heard or when I've had this problem, I've also tried taking them from woody growth as well. I'm trying to figure this thing out. The common denominator, here's the common denominator. Okay. In my case, seems to be that indica dominant hybrids produce copious amounts of resin are the ones prone to it. The rumor is that a G13 mom had the same issue back in the day and had to be outcrossed in order to preserve it. Says I'm on my ninth lemon skunk mom and I would really like to solve this or the show could solve this problem. Uh, the first one was Mr. Soul's pointy side up planting tip and it worked. No more trapped cotyledons. Cotyledons. But hang on, so let's let's go over that really. Quick. Go ahead. So I, I I think uh Duke Diamond just talked about this a couple of days ago. We were talking about it, man, about the uh viruses. Plants have viruses and they end up slowing down. I mean, a a plant is I mean, like any other living organism, um, there are viruses that affect it and viruses that are pathogenic to it, uh, to where their immune system is designed to be able to like fight off those viruses. Right. Yeah. Well, what do you think is happening here? Because I have had things that just they they get sick, they get ugly, and then you can't clone them. You know, you're trying to save. Well, your yeah, genetics. It, it's it's where it's picked up some virus. The plant is stressed, and when you cut, take a cutting of it, that's a pretty stressful event for a plant, sure. especially when you're trying to root that cutting. Right. And the virus is just preventing that from even being able to happen. The plant's immune system isn't able to deal with that cutting and start to produce the hormones to make new roots because it's trying to fight off a virus that's infecting it. Now, do and it's and it's really hard to uh, plant virology is really hard to narrow it down to individual things without some pretty specific tools. So, but you can breed the virus out because I thought that's what Duke Diamond was saying was that after when you have something like that, you breed it to breed the virus out of it. Well, well, yeah. I mean, the if the virus isn't going to be in the pollen because the pollen is just okay. Pretty, when, when you start with pollen, you're basically think taking one set of genetic material from the pollen. Said genetic material from the egg and the female flower, right. and then combining the two, there's no space for a virus to be in there. Oh, a virus cannot contaminate genetic material, then? No, not not in in, in that way. Sense, no. Okay, cool. Love it. I learned something. Hey, he asked for a scientific explanation. We got it. Thank you. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, man. You know what? Tonight, tonight, dude. Let it be long, bro. 
That's the beer question here. Because, <laughs> dude, have you ever had a Lowenbrau original? Yes, which in 1983, I have. Good beer. spring break. Yeah, they served an 11-year-old. Who cares, man? If so, do you is know anything 80s? still available in the U.S. that is similar? The folks over in Munich said years ago that they would be <laughs> importing it again, but I'm still waiting. I think you should just get back to the folks in Munich, you know? See, what's <laughs> up? Um, it Luckily, not luckily, actually, funny enough, the biggest beer store, I believe, in the world, liquor store in the world, is about two miles from my place called Tipsy's. It's like literally like the size of a Bass Pro Shops. It's weird. Is that the one with the drive oh, drive through? So is, no. does that mean there's, gonna, there's Oh, just, that's Wyoming. My bad. There's just going to be like a Stoney's, you know, Stoney's dispensary soon, man. <laughs> anyway, I called it. around and I did figure out, uh, at least in Colorado, it hasn't been available for a couple of years, they said. So I believe it must be something where they're just like, like, you know an what? Anheuser-Busch product, man. That was not a good craft beer. I mean, maybe, maybe in the 80s. What do I know? But they can't come on. There's got to be something with all the beer masters out there. Uh, oh, yeah. He said, if so, do you know better. anything still available in the U.S. that is similar? I don't know my German beers enough to recommend some. Actually, you presented a challenge that I will go probably try and figure out tonight, though. <laughs> so Perfect I feel you there, man. You, and no, it is funny. People buy... Sometimes beers for experiences. I was just at my neighbor's house the other night, and they had a six packs of Kona, a six pack of Kona Longboard Lager, Kona Longboard Lager, Kona Hawaii, Kona Brewing. People go to Hawaii, they experience it. They're like, come back home, like, man, I want to, I want to bring back the memories. And I looked at the pack, and I guess not a huge deal, but you know, brewed in Fort Collins, uh, Kona Longboard awesome. Lager. That's awesome. And I'm like, by by Anheuser Busch, and I was like, man, I I don't know, I just don't like that. That's like I buy some Canadian beer, and the import, the stuff, there's Canadian beer called Molson Canadian, right? It's called that, Molson Canadian. Sure. It's brewed by Coors. It's brewed by Coors here in Denver. Yeah, it doesn't feel right because it's 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 dishonest. Oh. You know what I mean? Local food is honest, and local food is something that it does make sense to us. I read that Joel Salatin book, Folks, This Ain't Normal, and it's not normal to have your, your eggs and your fresh food shipped in from a 1,000 miles away. You know, I mean, it's Dude, shout out to the Canadian listeners. You know, I'm half Canadian and uh, hopefully I don't insult you with my try at the accent. But Kokanee, bring me some Kokanee. <laughs> Kokanee sponsorship for Dude Gross. What do you mean? I always see you with a Kokanee. Are you crossing the border that much? Hey, What's going on? It's BC, fresh river. Or did they scoop it right out of the river and put it in the can right there? <laughs> I love it. All right, let's move on. Gross store. Who's slinging recharge? Ultra Green Hydro. Okay, the Ultra Green in Detroit. And uh, thanks, Mike. Really appreciate it. To support, brother. And uh, I was actually talking to uh, a completely different store, has nothing to do with Ultra Green Hydro, okay? Mm -hmm. And they were talking about Canada, though, man. And I thought it was really interesting that they were. I was Canada Nutrients? Yeah, I was talking about like Canada A and B or something like that. And they were going, oh, man, uh, we can't uh, we can't get Canada in the store because we have like uh, three, three pieces, you know, three uh, petioles of a pot leaf on one of our posters or on our, on our uh, logo or something like that like that. And I'm like, well, so who cares? And he's like, no, nope, Canada won't play. If you have any kind of, any kind of wink to the cannabis industry or to cannabis, Canada won't play with you, man. I don't, they won't what state are they in? Um, I'm not even going to give it up because I don't want to fuck these guys' reputation. It was an off the record conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. But um, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, Canna is a play on cannabis. Like they're using it. Why the fuck can't everybody else play on cannabis? They're the only ones. Are you sure? 
No, you're right. No, no, it's true, man. They're, they're doing canna plants. But it's just like, come on, man. Be fucking cool. And don't, you know what? Know what industry you're in and support it, man. You vote with your dollars. You know? How are you going to make your name canna and not support the cannabis yeah, and industry? I got it, man. You got you know sued for a couple hundred thousand dollars and you decided to fucking make a corporate policy of fucking playing it straight. Well, fuck off. You're not getting my money, man, or my support. Whoa. All right, Scotty Real. Keep well, it real. Yeah, you know what I mean, man. Come it's on. It's a new need, one. That's, we, that's the real report. We need to vote with our <laughs> dollars in this industry, man. And we need to keep it to people that, that actually, first off, risked their ass to build this industry. I was thinking about uh, Ask Ed, Ed Rosenthal. Man, that guy went to jail. That guy fucking fought in court. He really risked his ass for, you know, for a big hunk of his life, um, you know, to, for cannabis freedom, for to have what we have now. That's the kind of people that I want to support, man, you know? And the, the people that just want to take money from us and not contribute and not try to try to work for cannabis as medicine and legalization and normalization, yeah, they can't fuck off, man. Yes. Sorry, I was trying to do the uh, the old uh, the old sidekick of Johnny Carson. <laughs> oh my God, the Ed McMahon. I love that guy. Actually, I kind of couldn't stand that guy ever. I never got it, man. No, I feel you, man. There. We'll go into that to vote. With your dollars, man. So yeah, I, I just really mean it. And it becomes, they try to confuse you so much these days, you know, about where your dollars are actually going and what you're actually buying, you know? So what's local food, what's organic? Well, plus, it, babe, man, plus you. You, got, you got some good shit, man. You got some good nutrients there. You got a good line. So why you got to be like that? It'd be great if they gave back and supported the community that supported them. That's all. And it's not an isolated incident, man. Notice I don't mention Canada on the show anymore. Why well, I'm going to talk about what's going on in my grow. Yes, I'm just going sir. to freelance here a what little bit because uh, I'm going to do, I think, a little bit more Instagramming of the grow. I was kind of holding off on putting new grow videos up on YouTube. But regardless, talking, I'm looking down here at I have three, seven gal, just an update, radical bags packed with Pete. Um, I, I am really thinking in my head about does Pete bring a different – flavor potentially a different attribute because you know that scroopy noopers yeah excuse me it was grown in peat we'll have a detailed there's a grow talk question coming up in a show or two we'll try and go over that a little bit but the whole how i grew that exactly nothing special just grew it out but regardless the peat does it bring something different than cocoa and i can't put my finger on it yet but i'm joining growing in the peat i love the smell it brings in the garden when you water it in it's like kind of a foresty smell almost well, peat um, is, a, you know, a natural product. I mean, peat is good stuff. What is the first layer of, uh, you know, it's, it's like, what, Guru, what is peat, man? I know it's like, uh, it's, it's been it's a bog. Made, it's a living bog. And it's been made so, for a long time, right? It's mm -hmm. been compressed under a little bit of pressure, heat and pressure and time for a, a whole long, a whole bunch of time, right? Yeah, they actually use it in Europe as a fuel source. They, they burn, they, they burn, burn peat. That is creepy, yeah. So peat's that. a bog. Does anything grow in a bog naturally? Like... Heat. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's decomposing. It's actually doing the opposite of growing, isn't it? It just no, seems when I thought no, about it. It's peat. Peat is a living thing. All right, All go, right, on, go on. Like it, 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 it grows and comes back and everything. The, the and below it is coal, right? If you, I know, if you go there, then then there's coal below. Well, it. or linardite, linardite, and then coal. Got it. Because linardite is like a pre -coal. pre coal, yeah. Uh, organic, we're organic material, and that's what there's loaded with humic acid. That's where a lot of the humic mm -hmm. acid comes from. Yeah, it's interesting in stuff, man. Well, my, my non-scientific brain's thinking about it and saying, I don't know, if I'm a plant, I think I would want to grow and peat more 
than Coco. I don't know. Well, Coco's like a Coco's nerd. So Co Coco, you're just saying, hey, man, dude, I know what I'm doing with nutrients. I got all these synthetics, man. Well, same with this peat. I haven't put anything in it. It's got a little bit of a starter charge, I believe. But it's other than that, it's not. Yeah, it's I, I, I would call it fairly inert until I amend it or put newts in it. Yeah, I guess you're right, man. I guess yeah. I don't know. Does Pete have an NPK? It doesn't, does it? Mm -mm. Yeah. Depends on the brands. This 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 is Lambert Pete, and it's their organic one. And it's got actually this does have a little bit of core mix. I think it's a twenty percent core mix. But regardless, back to my point, before you start hijacking my shit, uh, <laughs> I got these little pineapple hazes. They're in little like little four inch starter um, containers. Like sure. I don't know, it's not even a gallon, not even close to a gallon. But I'm going right from those into these seven gallon radical bags right away. And the reason I'm doing that is because these are going to be flowering for three months. There's a 90 day flowering time. I've never had a 90 day flowering time. Um, so I'm going to put them in here so from a little tiny four inch starter to seven gallons of edgem for maybe a week. Sure. And then take them to bloom because I want the what? root zone to what you're gonna. Well, that doesn't seem like enough veg time, bro. We'll see. Once they're a foot tall, think hmm. about their bloom time 90 days. I mean, they're gonna grow a lot, yeah. I guess still. so. I guess so. I'm not used to it's something new for me, man. So, exactly, it's mm. new for me as well. I've never gone from this size container into a seven gal, but I don't want to transplant again. Yeah, you're right. And you are, I'm right. also, I agree with the thing. The uh, the radical bags. I'm like, damn, this is actually going to be a good application for this sure air pruning is. on the root zone because of how long the flowering time is. I agree. Because the idea with growing is, you know, like in, in, as a nurseryman, they teach you to step up from, you know, a four inch pot to a one gallon to a three gallon. And the idea is so that it dries out fairly quickly so you can re-wet it. So it goes from wet to dry frequently and you can re-wet it. And um, it seems like they grow quicker that way. Um, if you just put something in a big container, you know, a, a 25 gallon container, the container stays wet for a long time. It takes a long time for that plant to pull the, you know, all the moisture and nutrients out of it. So it's a, just the less efficient way to do it man yeah and these are i mean like you said scott at first i thought the same thing I'm like why am i what am i doing like in there go oh, you got to can take into the consideration this long bloom time right and i'm kind of excited to challenge myself with how i'm going to feed a little bit of the same but a little different i'm gonna have to watch the plants because probably the whole first month of bloom of 12 12 i'm anticipating not seeing nearly as many changes as i do in a 60-day bloom time so um, I'm pretty, and I'm, the end product is supposed to be fabulous. I've wanted a sativa haze, a new breakfast bowl for me for a while. <laughs> so awesome. these will go into bloom soon. Hopefully, um, I'm going to be able to, we'll get the hookup here with BioBiz. We've talked about them before. That's what I'm kind of wanting to be my feed on this round. Uh, because if I'm going to go a long time, I want to go with an organic based liquid for my style. Cause I don't want any potential salt buildup from synthetics. Um, which I don't get that usually when I'm only going for my shorter bloom periods, right. but I don't want to put synthetics in something for 90 days is what my brain's telling me. So I'm going to try and hook up with uh, BioBiz and kick out their line and uh, see what we can get done, man. I'm pretty stoked on it. I haven't, I keep looking down at these empty, uh, or this seven gal radical bags filled with peat ready right. to plant. They're like eyeing me up. Yeah, I want to see what you do with the BioBiz too, man. I mean, everyone that I know that's messed with that. I remember my buddy Cody back in the day won the first DGC Cup. And I was like, what are you using? And it was BioBiz, man. And everything he had tasted good, real good. I mean, yes, that's right. I remember. That was like the first, D no, second DGC Cup. I think he came in first. first you said the first, the first I was yeah. here. It was a high times cup. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was delicious. Yeah. Was that Granddaddy Purple he won with? I can't remember. Is that or the Death Valley Cheese? Yeah, one of those two. Yep.
Well, if you guys want to help out the show at all, remember what you heard today. Pick up some Orlux lighting. Uh, also, Garden Gear Supply. That's where these Radical Bags are. Coupon code DUDE. I believe it's across the site. But Radical Bags, R-A-D-I-C-L-E, I believe. Um, as well as Rapid LED has a coupon code DUDE. And other than that, man, I think we're about ready to put it in the bag. Do it, man. Let's do it. Silicone Alley and Raptor Grow. Sounds like a lighting hood. Come on, I'm gonna give it up to my boy Patsy Weeder, an ugly Muppet. Petty Honeys and Mojave Jane. Daddy Bull 420 and Crazy Stang 03. Chronic Cool Grows and Green Thumbs 94. Take it easy, guys. Get in that grow. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get my hands in this peat here. Yeah, I'm gonna get into the grow this weekend too. I've been I've been neglecting my grow, and my hand peat still kept me in the game. I love it. I'm gonna get my hand watering bucket and get a little randy. <laughs> Peace out. Take it easy, dude. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And with the boss man is to take a little break. That means we're lighting up a dude It's just weed It's just weed I like to keep the good buzz on, on, on It's just weed It's just weed In my toolbox there's a bomb Some people start their day off with a pill It's what the doctor says to do They shake their heads and they Go ahead and try something new, new, new It's just weed It's just weed I like to keep the good vibes on, on, on It's just weed It's just weed I like to smoke it out day long Yeah, Just look at how he's been